0: Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to episode number 134 of the John Riley Project. Hey, this is a podcast all about life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Hey, if you can do me a favor, it'd be really helpful if you could subscribe to this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you can click on the subscribe button in the bottom right corner. If you click on that bell icon, you'll get updates when we have new videos that we post. And then if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, Maybe you're hanging out with Joe Rogan and his $100 million contract with Spotify. If you're on Spotify, any of those audio-only podcasts, please subscribe to us there. That'd be really helpful. We're trying to build our audience, and we really are appreciative of your support. So thanks so much. Um, Today, we're going to talk about pursuing happiness and, and really the one crucial element that we need to have any possibility of, of being happy in my opinion. And, and that's self-esteem. And, you know, self-esteem is an interesting topic because we um, we hear people talk about it. It's like in self-help articles and probably Oprah Winfrey talks about it on some of her old episodes. But, you know, what is self-esteem? I mean, it's all about um, having confidence in yourself, believing in yourself knowing that you have value, knowing that you are worthy, that you have self-worth. It's that confidence that comes from within um, that knows that you can achieve things, that you can be successful. And and I I would argue that you really can't be happy unless you have self-esteem, because without it, you're going to be in some version of unhappiness. Um, So we're going to Kind of break this down. We're going to look at it from a few different angles. I'm going to share some stories and um, some tips that I've learned on building your self-esteem that I think can be helpful. And um, let's let's uh, let's enjoy this as we go. So, um, let's let's roll the clock back in 2012. Um, I was the president of Poway National Little League, um, and I'll tell you what: being a president of a little league, I mean. That was something Uh, that will prepare you for just about anything in life, because you'll you'll hear the good, the bad and the ugly from the parents, the coaches, the players. Everyone's got an opinion. Um, But we were having one of our board meetings and it was, you know, about halfway through the season. We're getting organized and planning for closing ceremonies. And one of the topics that came up is what are we going to do about trophies and like who should get the trophies should it only go to the first the players on the first place team what about second place trophies and then what about participation trophies and you could imagine you know you got 12 or 15 parents all sitting around a table you know, we're all doing the right thing you know we're all have you know good intentions we want to do what's right for the the players we want to do what's right for the the league and the sport and but you know, we all have different opinions. Um, some people, you know, everyone thought first place trophies for the players on that team absolutely. Second place, yeah, that sounds good too. Uh, but participation trophies is where the um, the opinions varied quite a bit. Now some people believed that we should give participation trophies to everybody because we need to tell them that they accomplished something and boy they did a good job and and everyone needs to feel like a winner and every, and you don't want them to feel bad because they didn't get first place so everyone should get a participation trophy and that that opinion is prevalent by a lot of parents it's prevalent within our school system where everyone gets a ribbon and 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 but then there's on the other side of it there's people that are critics of it You know, where they'll say, well, how can you, you know, celebrate someone that really didn't achieve anything, that didn't accomplish anything. And, you know, you're really setting themselves up where if everyone feels like they're a winner, then they're going to be older and they're going to be entitled. And and I know some people will criticize millennials and that generation because they're the ones that grew up with the participation trophies, and which is kind of a whole other tangent. But there are people that don't believe that we should do participation trophies at all. And then there, there's that compromise position, which is, I think, how we landed in 2012, if I recall. And I think we said, OK, for the little ones, the ones that play t-ball, the ones that were in rookie ball, which is the one with the pitching machine, OK, maybe they all get participation trophies. But if you're one of the older boys, like you're in minor league or, you know, we had some girls in our league, too. If you're one of the older children um, in minors or in majors, um then really we're not going to do participation trophies for them. And that was the compromise and that seemed to work for everybody. But you know as I'm going down my path in life and that was 2012 that was 8 years ago and I'm always trying to learn more, grow more and and you know this whole notion of pursuing happiness and the idea of self-esteem and I we really began to think that now m- maybe participation trophies Are damaging to self esteem. Because remember, self esteem is about having self confidence. It's about believing in yourself. It's about um, knowing that you're worthy. And if a coach or some other person in the community comes by and pats you on the back and says, Hey, Johnny, here's a participation trophy, is that going to lift you up? Is that going to make you feel better about yourself? Well, it might, you know, for a short time, you know, someone acknowledging, someone offering affirmation, but really that's fleeting. I mean, that comes and goes. Ultimately, in the end, it has to come from yourself. Self-esteem has to come from within, not out, not outward, not externally. Self-esteem has to come internally uh, based on you setting a goal's and achieving those goals. And so instead of having other people pat you on the back, you want to achieve your goals and then pat yourself on the back. And it's that process is what, in my opinion, gives you self-esteem. But it's hard. Um, in our society, in our culture, We there's so many different mixed signals about this um, because – Self-esteem and pride are very closely linked, right? Uh, Having pride in your accomplishments. And pride is one of the seven deadly sins Uh, because we shouldn't be thinking about ourselves. We shouldn't be too boastful in ourselves. We don't want to be selfish. Um, But instead, we should be looking outward. We should be looking externally. We should be looking to other people, and helping other people and sacrificing for other people. And that is kind of the cultural message that we get quite a bit. Um, Not only in the religious world, but in the secular world, um, we are told that we shouldn't be prideful. But on the other hand, um, we are told that You know, again, all these self-help articles and people are devaluing themselves and beating themselves themselves up and they're struggling with self-esteem and they're being told to have confidence in yourself and believe in yourself. But then at the same time, they're told to not be too prideful in yourself. So it gets – it's a conflicting message. Um, I think a great way to look at this is is this whole notion of looking externally versus looking internally, and this is part of what I've been learning over the last five ten years. And you know, some people learn this at a much earlier age. It's taken me a while, um, but if you look externally for those affirmations of your value, if you look externally for other people to tell you that you're good, to tell you that you are worthy. Well, again, it's like the coach handing you a participation trophy. It'll feel good in the moment. It'll be a fleeting um, thought, but then it'll, it'll, it'll disappear from your thoughts. And then suddenly you will lose that, that um, uh, feeling about yourself and, and it goes away. And it becomes this constant effort to seek affirmation in others. And it always leads to disappointment. It always leads to unhappiness. It's very similar to looking outward from yourself and comparing yourself to others. Because when you do that, you, you never live up to the standard you set for yourself. And, you know, people are comparing themselves to others. They look on social media and they see this, in some cases, fake personas. In some cases, only the good things in people's life and never the bad and the ugly. So they they try to set themselves up to compare themselves with others they are never able to achieve that, and then they continuously devalue themselves, beat themselves up, and tear themselves down, which leads to unhappiness um, and obviously leads to a very low self-esteem. So that's the conflict, is looking outwardly versus looking inwardly, um, looking you know, whether you can take pride in your accomplishments or being told that pride is a deadly sin. So it's a struggle. And um but I, I think it's it's clear to me, and, and I hope it should be clear to you, I'm I'm hopeful it is, that you really can't be happy unless you're happy with yourself. You can't really pursue happiness and 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 be successful at it if you don't have self-esteem. You have to have confidence in yourself you have to believe in yourself and and that's the that's part of the process as you're pursuing happiness um, so let me i want to share a, another kind of an interesting angle to this so um, over the weekend i'm you know, look at my phone and bing i get tagged in a post i'm like who is this who's tagged me and she tagged me on twitter she tagged me on Facebook. She tagged me on Instagram. I'm like, oh, my God, did I say something in a podcast that offended someone? <laughs> well, it was Gabby Dow. And, and I don't know if you remember Gabby. Um, her, She's been on the podcast multiple times. Um, she's a community leader. She's very outspoken. And for a lot of good reasons, she's very active in politics and environment and a lot of other angles. So she's always a very interesting guest to have on the podcast. And her husband, Steve Dow, was also a guest on the podcast. Steve, an author um, and an author of a book about the 15 reasons why people voted for Trump in in 2016. Um, so the two of them are kind of a dynamic duo, a dynamic couple. and the, And they have two children and you know, Gabby, very active on social media, sharing photos and things that they've been doing in this sort of, you know, hashtag quarantine life. So they've been very active lately, even more so than normal, it seems. Uh, but it's wonderful. And I enjoy getting to see their family. Well, anyways, they were out on a hike. And, uh, Steve Dow was wearing one of the pursue happiness shirts. I have these, I, darn it, I should have brought in front of the, in front of the camera to show you, but for all my guests, they can get one of these pursue happiness shirts. It's a black long sleeve shirt. And, you know, I created these because, you know, my podcast is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So, um, there, he's out walking on the on the uh trail with his wife and children, Steve Dowes, and he has the pursue happiness shirt was kind of hanging over his neck it seemed like you know he probably wore it to start the morning hike and then the sun came out he kind of heated up and he took it off, so he had just his t shirt on underneath um And so Gabby had read an article in the New York Times about quarantine life and how people are working their way through and kind of returning back to some sense of normalcy. And it's just in this post that she had on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, she had tagged the author in the New York Times. She was talking about his family hike. And then she tagged me and tagged the shirt in the post. So I was very thankful. Thank you, Gabby, for uh, connecting me with that. Um, But- I looked at that and and I felt really good. I had self-esteem about it because I know that that's a shirt that I created. That's a shirt that um, represents when they were here on the podcast. And there were wonderful interviews that we had with both Gabby and Steve. And I learned a great deal and enjoyed this conversation. And I took a lot of pride in that when I saw them out there and and granted, they tagged me. They affirmed me, which is good. It was interesting. And I like that too. But I saw it from my perspective is, ah, I'm making an impact in the community. And that felt good to me. Now, at the same time, um, Gabby and Steve and their, and their two sons are out on this trail. They are essentially living their own values that their family is out there pursuing their own happiness. They are expressing their own self-esteem as they're going about doing it because they are taking um, pride. They are taking, um, they're showing that they are valuable um, because they're out being healthy, doing it in a safe way during the quarantine, doing it as a family and celebrating family and helping their children and it was an expression of their values, an expression of their self-esteem, and it was them literally pursuing their happiness, pursuing a trail, a pathway, while wearing a pursue happiness shirt. So it was like everything linked together. It was beautiful. And so I see that, and and I think about self-esteem, and I was planning on putting this self-esteem podcast together, and... It was like the the stars aligned, and so so here we are. Um, so let's look a little bit more at this because, like I said, I think self esteem is not doesn't come from outside; it comes from within. You can't really get self esteem from other people. You can for a moment, like when I got tagged, that was a fleeting moment. Hey, nice, um, but really, self esteem comes from within. So where? can you get self-esteem? Where, where can you go <laughs> to, to build yourself up? Well, it really will come in the activities that you do the majority of your life. And for most of us, we spend most of our time working. You know, we have a career, we have a job, or maybe if we're a stay-at-home parent, you know, our, our career, our job is, is raising children. Um, maybe if we are a student, Um, we spend most of our time studying and working towards our degree, or if we're a student athlete, we're working towards our degree, but we're also working to be successful in the sport that we're playing. Ultimately, you're going to get self-esteem by doing those activities where you're doing things, making things, building things, creating things, growing, striving, and accomplishing things. So, for most people, your your opportunity to build self-esteem largely is going to come from your career or the things that you're going to do in your life. Um, so that's why it's so important to find a career that you love, a career that you just really enjoy doing. Um, it, it can't be just sort of a, a a job, you know, and granted there are times in your life when you just need a job to make some money, but the goal should be to have a career that you love, that when you wake up in the morning, you're fired up. You want to go out and you want to keep building, keep creating because it fuels you. It fulfills you and ultimately lifts you up and builds your self-esteem, not all of us are, are have been successful in doing that, and I struggle with it as well. Um, but I will tell you this: this podcast for me is that project where I get great fulfillment. Um, I'm going about creating, building, growing. I'm trying to um, in invite guests where I'm learning from them. Um, I'm inviting political candidates that are here that share their platforms and philosophies, and we learn from one another and we grow and we get better. Uh, Same with authors and business people and all the other guests that have been here. But this podcast for me is also a project that when I'm not, you know, in front of a microphone, in front of a camera, I'm always working on it. I'm Uh, trying to find ways to grow the audience or trying to enhance what I'm doing on social media or in, and look for other ways to, to utilize messaging, to, um, to, you know, bring people in to this, to, to this community forum that I'm trying to build. And so this process for me is a huge boost to my self esteem because I know that what I'm doing is valuable and I get a great amount of um, satisfaction in doing it. Um, And to me, it's wonderful. And so even on my career, um, I've been working on shifting my career so that I am doing more things that are so self-rewarding, self-fulfilling and doing less of, and in many cases, none of the projects that I don't wanna do. And in doing so, I keep working on lifting my self-esteem and doing it. So I hope that you have an opportunity to do that as well, that in your career that you can be building, can be growing, can be accomplishing things. Because in doing so, um, that's how you're going to build your self-esteem. And instead of waiting on, instead of looking externally for other people to affirm you, instead of looking externally for someone to pat you on your back, instead, celebrate your own success and pat yourself on the back. And that, I think, is the process of how we build our own self-confidence, our own self-worth, our own self-esteem. Here's another interesting angle to this. And You can imagine for a moment that you are really rich. Imagine that you um, have created a company and you have earned a great deal of money and from that you – it's been hard work, okay? You you started at the bottom, um, you were grinding, and it took years and years and years. Uh, it became profitable, and then you really turned this into a uh, a large company that was making good money, satisfying the needs of other people with the products and services you sold. You earned that money, and then you went out and bought a really, really nice house or a really, really nice car, or you went and had a really, really nice vacation with your family, makes you think, does that house give you self-esteem? Can you look at that house and say, boy, I feel good about myself because of that house, or I feel good about myself because of that car or because of that vacation? I would challenge you and say, in that situation, don't look externally, look internally. What should give a person self-esteem is the accomplishment in itself, the process of going through the um, the effort, the discipline, and growing that business to the point where it has become successful. The money you receive and the things that you buy with that money are just sort of the reward, but really the self-esteem should come from the process. And And just as a little bit of a tangent— A lot of coaches talk about that too, where they talk about don't really worry so much about winning the championship. Just focus on the process. Um, Focus on getting better, because when you're doing that, you are on the pathway to building self-esteem, building self-confidence, and that in itself translates into great achievements. So, um, yeah. So where you're you're going to get your self-esteem largely. From the work that you do. Now, um, what I want to do is, you know, originally when I was planning this podcast, I was thinking, oh, I should just have a list of all these different ways people can achieve self-esteem, and I mean, gosh, you can go on the internet, and there's a million articles, and some are better than others, and um, some are a little more kooky than others, I guess just to say, some are a little more serious than others, but. I wanted to at least share some ideas, share some thoughts, because um, there were a couple of of nuggets that I saw, that I read, that really jumped out to me that were consistent with some of the challenges or the successes that I've had along the way. So the first category is this whole notion of self-acceptance, just accepting who you are and, and quit being in a fight with yourself. You know, quit being in this adversarial, you know, relationship with you. Uh, quit, damn it, quit beating yourself up. Because uh, I'll tell you, I'm, I go through these cycles. Maybe you would do too, where your self-esteem could be high and other times it's low. And when it's low, man, you could be your own worst enemy. And you could be just tearing yourself down and focusing on the negative. And, and you just got to stop it. And just have self-acceptance for who you are. And then look at what are you good at? What are the areas that you have skills, you have abilities, you have experience? Focus there and build that up to be even more special than it already is. But it has to start with self-acceptance. Accept who you are. Don't compare yourself to other people because remember we talked about that. That just tears you down. Just be comfortable in your own skin. Be comfortable with who you are. Then take self-responsibility. This is big. Um, It's interesting. This one article I read, the author broke it down, and I had never seen it presented this way, but responsibility is almost like two words in one. It's response and able. Be able to respond. That's what self-responsibility is about, is that when you have a challenge— you respond to it in a way that is good for you and good for the people around you. You take responsibility for yourself. So one of the things you can do to build your self-esteem, keep learning, never stop learning, keep growing. Because the more you learn, the better you get. And whether it's, it's getting better and better on those areas where you already have good skills or if it's developing new skills, which we've talked a lot about that in the economy, you have to always be building skills because the economy is always evolving. The people that stop building skills are the people that get, find themselves out on the street with no job, find their job replaced by automation or find their job outsourced to Asia. Um, you have to keep learning, keep growing, keep building so you, so you can respond to the world around you. And take responsibility for yourself, and in doing so, that boosts your self esteem is that process of continually achieving and learning along the way, and you have to avoid the victim mentality and we see this all the time, you know uh, people will say, "Ah, the, my problem is because those darn blankety blanks you know or those people or you, you know and we see a lot of this in politics right i mean i could we can name the groups that we hear." President Trump or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden or whoever, you know, they're always talking about other groups that are the cause of our problems and they want to blame other people because you're the victim and we have to break out of that because as long as you believe you're the victim, you're going to continually push yourself down and you're going to keep undermining your self-esteem, undermining your self-confidence, undermining your value and your worth. Instead, you have to say, damn it, I'm worth something and I'm not going to be a sucker for this victim hood. I'm going to stand up for what, who I am. And it has, that's all about self-responsibility. The next level to this, and this is like five levels, so It's interesting, um, how, I've kind of blended multiple articles here. Um, One author talked about these different levels and there was other ones that had like 50 different ways to boost your self-esteem. And I kind of integrated the two and and then summarized it and condensed it for you. But the third level, which was interesting, was this notion of self-assertiveness. And what that means really, to me, I always thought assertiveness is like, yeah, standing up for yourself and, you know, being confident, which again is part of self-esteem, but it's also about living authentically, being comfortable with who you are. I mean, it's partly the self-acceptance, but sort of at a higher level. And if you go on my website, johnreillyproject.com, the headline on the top of my website is hashtag you do you. Um, which, by the way, I, I saw that when I made my electric vehicle drive from last spring, from San Diego to Albuquerque, and I was in the Arizona desert, and I was passing you know, through this area where there were these Indian casinos, and one of them had that you do you hashtag as part of their marketing message, and I fell in love with the idea. It's the whole idea about... Um, you know, being comfortable with who you are, about being yourself. And their casino was embracing that, where you can come to your Mark casino and be yourself and have fun and don't worry about people judging you. Um, you can be who you are. You can be authentic in who you are. And that's just such a powerful message. That's why I have it at the top of my website for johnreillyproject.com. But it's really this third level of self-esteem. You're the author of your own life. That's authentic author, kind of the same root. You're the you're the author of your own life, and so decide what it is you want to do, and then we're going to eventually go out and do it, which I'm going to get to in a minute. But decide what you want to be, and then be all that you can be. Using that, I bring up that's a great slogan from the army, but it's so perfect too. That's another great one. But find your mission in life. Determine what you want to achieve in life, and don't look backwards. You know, back, we look in the rear view mirror, you can beat yourself up and second guess every decision you've made in your life. And God knows I've done a lot of that. Um, and it's natural. And well, maybe not. Well, it, it may be natural, but it's a trap. It's a terrible trap to keep looking backwards and tearing yourself down, criticizing the decisions you've made. Instead, look forward. Look within yourself first, decide who it is you want to be and make that your mission on how you go forward. And then the fourth level is the go forward part. It's about living purposefully. You know, we've already, we have a mission, okay, which we've established. Now it's about going out and achieving those goals, setting objectives, and then reaching those objectives, taking action. This is the whole part about being creative, building, growing, creating things. That process, which you can do in your career, you can do as a student, you can do as a stay-at-home mom as you're working to build your family. Um, Go about your business of building, growing, creating, ratcheting up, and in doing so, you are demonstrating to yourself that you have skills, you have abilities, you have value, you have worth. And every time you do that, you are not looking for affirmations outside of yourself. You're looking at affirmations within. It's self-affirmation. And that is what gives us that self-esteem. It's that self-affirmation. It's that ability to understand that if we can control ourselves, if we can master who we are, we're going to have a much greater impact on mastering the world around us. A lot of people look at it the other way around; they want to master the world around us so they can master themselves so that they can achieve themselves. but really, we have to look within and that's what self-esteem is all about looking within. We have to set goals, achieve goals and celebrate our own success as we go about it. And celebrating our own success, that, that's really the, the next level. It, it's this idea of um, personal integrity. And, and I, I, again, I've never seen this expressed this way, but this was really powerful. Now, to me, personal integrity, yeah, living your own values to me made sense. But it's when you're, the ideals that you have for yourself and the practices that you, how you behave when those match up. And that is integrity. And to me, that's sort of the expression of really realizing that you have value, you have worth, because you've set the ideals, you've set the goals, you've gone about achieving them, and you see the alignment between your ideals and your behavior, between your objectives and your accomplishments. And then that is how you have evidence that you are valuable, that you are worthy. Now, you can, there's evidence all along that path leading up to it, but that's when the evidence becomes very tangible. Um, so by all means, celebrate your progress along the way. It's okay to feel good about yourself. It's okay that when you accomplish something, go out and celebrate. Go out and buy yourself something if that's what it takes to you, for you to feel good about yourself. If it's because you've achieved something, you know, if if you're feeling down about yourself, don't go out and buy things and kind of, you you know, try to use the shopping as a drug to get you over your misery. Instead, look at it as if I'm accomplishing things, if I'm having success, I deserve, I deserve to feel good about me. And I deserve to reward myself, however you choose to reward yourself, whether it's by buying things or experiencing things or whatever it happens to be. It's okay to pat yourself on the back. It's okay to feel good about yourself. It's okay to be focused on you, that your purpose in life is your own happiness. That's okay. Some people say you're selfish. No. Taking pride in what you've accomplished is a good thing. It's not a a deadly sin. That's that's the conflict. That's the conflict that exists. So you can feel good about yourself. You can have self-esteem. You can have value. You can have self-worth. It comes from within. It comes from within by having accomplishments that show evidence of your skills and your ability. It comes from within by refusing to tear yourself down. Um, It comes from within by also learning to stand up for yourself. And this is an interesting one for me because I, as I was being raised and and through a great deal of my, my teenage and adult life, I was a lot of ways a people pleaser and um, looking for affirmation externally and then always never feeling fulfilled, never feeling that I was getting my bucket filled, if you know what I mean. Um, That notion of people pleasing is the the idea of looking externally and it's crushing and it's damaging. That's why by having this integrity – where your ideals and your practice line up, you have to be able to say no when people demand things of you that are inconsistent with what your values are. So I I learned this lesson the hard way because when I started my business, you know, you're hungry, you're an entrepreneur, and and you kind of want to look for ways to earn money and to keep things rolling. But customers will come to you and ask for all kinds of crazy things. And sometimes it's just completely outside the boundaries, outside the lane of where you want your business to be. I took some of those opportunities or outside the lanes. They weren't fulfilling to me. I was only doing it because I wanted to earn revenue to help grow the business, but they were inconsistent with the values of my business. And I ended up feeling crappy about it in doing it, even though I got paid to do it. I still felt awful about it because- it was not a demonstration of integrity. As I've gotten older, I've gotten far, far better at saying no, at telling people no. Um, if they want me to do something for them that is inconsistent with my own values, I will say no. I mean, that sounds like such a basic thing. And I had been saying no, obviously, in a lot of other categories of my life. But in my business life, I was always trying to say yes. And in, it, in, it, in, that, uh, in and of itself is damaging to self-esteem, and you don't even realize it as you're going through it. And this is the beauty of what I've been learning and growing so much over these last 10 years. Um, and that's the beauty also in building this podcast episode as I get to reflect on my learnings and my experiences as I'm going through this. And for me, this was a real challenge learning to say no when necessary, defend what is right and what you believe. Um, So now I I say no a lot, (laughs) way, way, way more than I ever have. And I'm glad I do. I really am glad I do. Uh, I'm far better off for it. And you know what? I'm still rewarded. In fact, I'm rewarded more now than I was then when I was a people pleaser. And it works out great. So I hope I hope these are really good examples for you and helping you with self-esteem. This is a great segue for one of our sponsors, Um, happiness76.com. And this is a sponsor. It's a local business. And they found out we were doing a podcast about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is an online e-commerce store that is all about celebrating those very ideals of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And they've got all kinds of interesting items on their uh, in their store, sweatshirts, hoodies, um, T-shirts, um, all kinds of interesting things, all with messaging that celebrates our inalienable rights, celebrates the idea that all men are created equal, not just all men, everybody is created equal, and celebrating this whole notion of pursuing happiness. In fact, they have one of our shirts on their website, the one that Steve Dow had, and you could buy it there um, at happiness76.com. You could also buy the shirt at our website, johnreillyproject.com, if you're interested. Um, But check out our sponsor, Happiness 76. Um, They're a new business. They're just getting started. You can get on their email list. And then, by the way, if you're looking to get on email list, please join the John Riley Project email list. That's uh, johnreillyproject.com slash subscribe. Or you can find it in our menu at the top of the webpage. So um yeah, you you can't you can't achieve happiness. You can't have success in pursuing your own happiness unless you have self-esteem. Self-esteem is not going to come from other people. Other people cannot give you self-esteem. You can't be a puppy dog or a people pleaser looking to get your bucket filled, looking to get self-esteem from others. That doesn't work. Self-esteem only comes from within. It only comes from your own accomplishments, taking pride in what you've achieved, having an understanding that you have value, that you have skills and experience and expertise. You are of good character and you have worth. You are worthy. You know, so... Um, you're better than you think you are. (laughs) It's all about that. Uh, People want to tear themselves down. They want to compare themselves to others. They want to look externally. The self-esteem comes from within. And that's why your life has to be about building, creating, growing, and continuously pushing yourself and challenging yourself. And in doing so, that keeps lifting yourself up and you get better along the way. So That's what I'm hoping that we learn from this. Now, um, from this podcast episode, I got one. I always like to close these with a closing quote. And um, this is one from Ayn Rand. And she talks a lot about self-esteem, sometimes from a different angle, different perspective than others. But this was an interesting quote. And this actually has a little, it reminded me of some political things too. So she said, self-esteem is reliance on one's power to think. Okay. I'm going to, I'll go down this, this, this is a long quote, but I'm going to break it down as I go. And, and yeah, she's right. Cause y- you have to be able to think, to use reason, to understand who you are, understand where your skills are, decide what you want to do, what you want to accomplish, and then think of a process and a way to accomplish those things. And in doing so, Those accomplishments help boost your self-esteem. So it's all between the ears, 100% of it. Self-esteem is a reliance on one's power to think. It cannot be replaced by one's power to deceive. The self-confidence of a scientist and the self-confidence of a con man are not interchangeable states and do not come from the same psychological universe. The success of a man who deals with reality augments his self-confidence. The success of a con man augments panic. So uh, this has got a lot of different angles to this. But the way that I take this is y- your self-esteem is going to come from having a long-term rational perspective on doing what is in your own best interest. And, in, in, and like the scientist, the scientist is going to study, take pride in, their, in his studies and her studies, accomplish great things as a scientist that, by the way, are going to have a positive impact on the world around them. And they're going to do so by having, by, they're going to get self-esteem from all of those accomplishments, which, by the way are win-win accomplishments. The scientist wins and the world around them wins. So that in and of itself is is sort of the the beautiful version of self-esteem where they have great, they've made great accomplishments and they've done so in an ethical and moral fashion. The con man, on the other hand, is not about win-win. The con man is, is about win-lose. The con man is about winning himself while tearing other people down, about building himself up. The con man will build himself up while tearing other people down. But in doing so, he ends up tearing himself down because he loses integrity. He does the wrong thing that's damaging to the world around him and ultimately damages his own self-esteem. Now, the political tangent on this, and this has been one of my criticisms of President Trump, I like leaders that are looking for win-win outcomes. President Trump, in my opinion, often is looking for win-lose outcomes. He's quick to call other people a loser. I mean, he's been doing that lately in social media. My goodness, he's been very aggressive um, going after, lately, it's been Joe Scarborough from MSNBC, uh, but going after Mitt Romney as a loser, and, and it's just been nuts. So he sees the world as winner, win-lose. Win, lose. Um, he's trying to lift himself up by tearing other people down. And to me, that's a sign of a fragile ego. And that's, in a lot of ways, why Trump is so often hypersensitive to a lot of things in the world around him, uh, because of the fragile ego, because of the of the win lose perspective that he sees in the world, um, building self esteem has to come from within, but to do it the right way, it needs to be by accomplishing great things that produce win win outcomes. Some may call that you know selfish because the producer produced something and earned something as a result. I say that's the good version of selfish when they create win-wins, when they create win-lose, when they're a con man, that's the negative version of selfishness that should be condemned. Um, So anyways, I hope you found this interesting, this uh, podcast, a little bit of a departure from some of the things we talk about. I try, I need to do more of this because I talk about politics. um, I talk about sports. um, I talk about Capitalism and entrepreneurship, and I do those quite a bit, but there are a few other swim lanes that i I talk about and my partner Zeke, who does and helps me with some video, um, he and I talk about this about having additional swim lanes and self improvement is one of those swim lanes, so is electric vehicles and i 've been doing some podcast episodes on my e v and I enjoy that, and I need to do more of that. This swim lane of self improvement I want to do more of it because in order to pursue happiness, and if this podcast is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, in order to pursue happiness, you have to improve yourself. You have to be looking to make yourself better. And in doing so, you build self-esteem, and that helps guide you and glide you down the path of that pursuit of happiness. So I enjoyed this podcast. I hope you did. Um, I enjoyed putting it together. I enjoyed sharing it with you. I invite you to share your thoughts and your opinions on Facebook, on Twitter, and I'm on Instagram too, but not as much. But you can look for me on on Facebook at johnreillyproject.com, uh, and you can also look for me on Twitter at johnreillypoway. Uh, always enjoy the conversation. This is episode 134 of the John Riley Project. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching, and we'll be back at you sometime real soon. We'll see you later, folks. Bye bye.